It's the Friendly Fire Show, episode 188, for the end of October 2021. I am one of your hosts, I'm Steve Wright. Joining me is my friend, my best friend, your best friend, most likely the internet, because he's that lovely, uh, Ben Salter from Survivor Alike. We both are. Uh, hi, Ben. How are you? I'm really well, bad I'm... at this after 188 episodes, but anyway. That is true, but it's only our second live stream episode, so I'm excited about that. We're live on a Tuesday instead of a, a Thursday as usual, so mixing it up. Live on a Tuesday, because, yeah. well, like, I could leave the house right now, Ben, as you always could, I suppose. Yeah, but that's exciting. Well, is it, though? Like, I don't know. That's, we're also, are we, are, are we doing COVID update? We have the highest, like, deaths and, and hospitalizations in the state at the same time we're apparently able to just leave so i don't know i'm, I'm just hanging out at home while i mm. figure out what's going on but yeah well you don't want to leave anyway because there are so many great games to play for the first time ever now that you can leave everything comes out basically yes well we'll get into that in a second so um is that it like is that end of banter banter over just straight into it because we're yep. that there's too many things to talk about now yeah there's actual releases the banter was back when there was like nothing coming out so oh, that's yeah, that's true okay well then let's talk about the game that you and i have both played together albeit for mm. a very short period of time i think we talked about it maybe last week but in case or last fortnight just in case we've both played it together i'm talking about back for blood uh what did you think i guess is the the, the best place to start off uh i won't be back is what i'm thinking it it was just not fun is what I like. It's it's from the creators of Left 4 Dead, which to be honest, I never really got into. Like I could appreciate it, but I wasn't someone who played it heaps. So uh, when I wasn't enjoying it that much, I thought that was the reason why. But it was just, first of all, we had to play with two randoms and we couldn't figure out because we're old and can't figure out how to do Xbox anymore, how to not have to speak to them. Because uh, there were two guys on Xbox Live who were like, yeah, we can hear you, bro. Shut up. Like, you know, we've got our mics on and we've got our headsets on and we don't want to speak. Like, and we don't want to hear you. You're it's forgetting like, uh, about the, the, the part where we went into an Xbox party first. And then because yeah, we were in yeah. a party together and then joined the same game, we were like echoing. We had just like two versions mm. of our voices going back and forth across Xbox Live, I suppose, which was... I'm sure there there must be a way that you can avoid that. But we didn't figure it out in the 10 seconds we gave it. Uh, and those guys weren't really team players. The problem I always have with this type of game is you need to have four actual players for it to be fun, and I'm sure it would be fun, but I'm never getting four people together play this the whole way through. Uh, and yeah, so that's what I would love to play it, just two, even three people maybe, and then a bot to come in. Because at one point you dropped out and you got replaced by a bot, so it can be done, but I couldn't figure out how to set that up as that's what I want to have happen. Uh, and then, yeah, it was just, it was so repetitive in like the hour or so we played, and it just, I never really understood why I was doing it. It just the whole time kind of felt like I'm doing this because it's there. Like I'm, I'm not really enjoying it. So that was my experience with it. Yeah. Um, the day after I think we played, I played by myself and sometimes was joined up with one other person or maybe mm. a full roster of people. But like a lot of the time I was just playing by myself and I was just going back because like in every section of each act there's like a collectible to go and find and you can basically just turn on easy mode and just run to it and the bots will basically help you um which i did just fine but the the, the bots also kind of 
proved in those instances that they were pretty useless. Like they could maybe revive yeah. you, but they kind of just stood around and didn't do a lot. So it's not fun with randoms who were like, oh, yeah, man, I can hear you. I played swarm mode that same day. And like this guy was just screaming the entire time, like thinking he was a genius because he was identifying game mechanics that were very, very, very obvious like oh yeah we, i'm spending money on this thing and it looks like it's good for all of us and you like you you talked about it for like fully five minutes like yes mate we're a team we're pooling our money and we've spent it on like upgrading the tall boy you can shut up now and then like if he would hurt someone it's like oh get wrecked just like, like this like super stereotypical very aussie like thick accented just like i don't i want to mute you i don't want to hear you i hope we lose just because i don't like you that much dude so yeah like it's just i guess like old man yells at cloud old man doesn't want to play with randoms on the internet so maybe that's tarnished the experience a little bit yeah but i think if you had that group that you play with regularly that you could rely on and it being in game pass means that they probably all have access to it too it's not like a okay guys we all have to go spend a 100 bucks to buy this it's probably something a lot of those type of people who play together regularly can access so i'm sure there is there are people like that who who are playing it and really enjoying it but um, as someone who jumps in multiplayer more often than not by myself and I just want to um, I want to do the objective normally but like you know on my own with people kind of helping you don't really need to coordinate and that's where you you know the games that dominate your battlefields your CODs your Halos um, that's what they do well they don't need that close team teamwork so um, yeah much easier to pick up and play than this agreed um, <laughs> do, do you want to have a two or three minute break Ben <laughs> sorry yeah. Well, I, I talk. Well, I talk about I'm NHL mute 22. Mute myself. All right. Go. <laughs> well, great. I'm going to talk about the game that I reviewed recently called NHL 22. You might have heard of it if you're a hockey fan. Uh, it's it's the uh, the latest and only yearly installment in EA Vancouver's EA franchise, much like the Maddens and the Fifas. Um, I, I promise I won't talk too long about it, Ben. I promise I won't talk too long uh, too long about it. But um, it's it's basically. Uh, the the big draw card this year is that it's done in frostbite. So we're we're talking realistic lighting and and cool shadows and like textures on jerseys look very amazing and like there's all that kind of like cool things that are actually very good. Um, and engine wise, there's a lot of physics that that um, enhance the general physics of of hockey. But with this change of engine, there's also a lot of bugs and things that maybe didn't get enough polish and things that will mm. need some some fixing uh as as you go through so like it's it's ultimately i think it's a skip year it's there's still obviously if you're a giant hockey fan there's a lot that you will find amazing about this game but there's just like it's the it, it's like i want to like it more than i do and I don't. Um, there's a whole bunch of weird syncing issues. There was a patch that went out earlier today that I haven't had a chance to look at, but there was also a, a patch that went out right before launch that was also, like this new one, supposed to fix syncing issues. And syncing issues, like, deal with matchmaking problems and even, like, in, in, in single-player modes where, like, you're just basically just you against the AI computer thing. Like, the menus will just sit there for, like, two or three minutes and you get this weird, like, syncing thing in the top of the screen like inexplicably and it's just like that that shouldn't that's never happened that should never happen um so like for all the good there is there's a lot of just weird stuff um i think that's it unless you randomly somehow have a question about hockey which i know you don't 
I don't, but I have a comment on EA Sports because it's not in our news, I've realized. Maybe it's a little bit old, but it's not, I don't think we talked about it last episode, that the fact that uh, EA and FIFA are splitting up, basically. Or they're, they're trying to see other people. They're kind of like when two married people are on Tinder. Like, they they haven't quite announced that they're definitely broken up, but they're looking around. Um, it's weird. So, mm. and it's a big deal because... Without FIFA, like that's EA Sports' big money maker, and it's why they fund their other sport games. I imagine because they know they've got that cash cow, and they kind of want to go out there with, or oh, here's just EA football. Like that would be strange. So, because people just say, like people like me at least, just say FIFA as in the game, not the football organization. I can't even remember what it stands for. So, football is in there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. And especially, especially when FIFA are like, oh, you know, we're open to people. To, you know come and bid and take the license. EA didn't have to have it. Konami's not going to buy it. They seem to have absolutely no money. So, Well, and, and their recent release of eFootball or whatever they called it, where exactly. like everyone's made of like Gumby-like rubber. Yeah, not helping. So Yeah, anyway, that's off topic, but it's, it's an interesting time for EA Sports. It is. Um, yeah, I, like, I, I think next year's a definite buy because like there's there's a lot of good stuff that that has come in with the nhl upgrade to frostbite but there's just like a lot of just stuff that they clearly haven't enough time to fix and mm. maybe if it wasn't covid times maybe they would have gotten it a little bit better if they were all in the office maybe not who knows like it's that weird time of year or life or whatever both it's it's the weird time of both um have, have you probably haven't had a chance to play this one either so i i'll just keep talking assassin's creed discovery tour Viking Age, one of the longest names ever for like a really cool thing, to be honest. Um, have you played any of the other Discovery Tours? Uh, very briefly, I think maybe the first one, whenever that was, I checked it out just to see what it was. But it's a good idea. There was one for Egypt, I think. And one maybe for that, that was the one. Whatever. Uh, God, where were they? In Sparta? No, like Greece? It must, yeah. yeah. With... It was like, because it was mythical, it got a bit weird. Yes. So those those two Discovery Tours are really good. Um, they're generally free updates from Ubisoft, and you get to um, basically walk around from point to point and learn about Egypt or learn about Greece or wherever you happen to be. Um, this one is that, so that's kind of like the, 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 the same mechanics, but there's also more of an emphasis on an actual narrative and game-like mechanics that you would find in Valhalla apart from right. combat. Um, so like you start and you're this husband and wife team and you control the husband and you walk into this, um, Viking village and you like start learning about the Viking village and you can go and interact with, you know, like classic Ubisoft things on a map to learn more about, you know, like this game piece or, you know, this village or whatever else. Um, but there's also like a story. So like you and husband and wife are accused of, of making inferior products and that means that you're a betrayal to the 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 town and like you don't get to go on this expedition and then because it's not true you, you know you click on eagle vision which somehow you have because you're not an assassin but it, it's a game mechanic in assassin's creed and you're looking for clues to try to um prove your innocence essentially so like it, there, it's 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 the same discovery tour where you're learning, but it's also more gamified and it's more of a narrative and a normal game thing. So um, I'd recommend it, of, of course, especially if you have Valhalla and it's free. It's free on PC right now. It'll be free on consoles when it comes out next year. Um, it's that weird thing of like, I don't think I'd recommend you buy it because why would you? If, if you didn't already own Valhalla, you probably won't be interested 
Um, mm. And if you are interested, you probably should just buy Valhalla for like the game and also get this on the side. So it, it's one of those weird ones where like like they've they've already hit their target market because that's probably people who are into Vikings or into Assassin's Creed and you know like already have this. But whatever, it's yeah. Go for it. Oh my god, I just looked at the rundown again. Have you played any Guardians of the Galaxy yet? It's been out for like three hours or something like this, but I am keen to play it. I, I will play it. Uh, I like the idea. I can already tell you what the first part of your thing is going to be. Like, I didn't read, uh, I forget who reviewed it for us. Max, Anyhow, I haven't Matt read that. Gosper. Right. Uh, I haven't read that yet. I'll go and read it after this. But uh, I'm going to assume somewhere in there it said uh, the Avengers was a, a good single player idea that they tried to jam into a terrible games as a live service system which just kind of ruined the whole thing and it threw people off and a lot of people probably didn't finish it because of that they just wanted it to all be single player because that's where the quality was uh and it sounds like that is what they've attempted to do and done quite successfully here yes um i've played uh, maybe like an hour of it or so um i'm really liking it it's it's that weird thing where it's definitely inspired by the movies but not the not inspired by the movies but like it's almost Mm. a carbon copy like visually um, which I guess is more than Avengers had going for it. Uh, the, the, the narrative so far, it's, it's been pretty handholdy. Like here's all the things you need to learn. So like it's, I'm, I'm, I think I've just gotten out of tutorial mode really. Um, but the banter between the characters is very good. Um, the combat's been pretty fun so far. There's not been a lot of it. Um, but I'm excited for it. Uh, I guess the only thing that's kind of like throwing up a, a red flag right now for me is that, um, there's five collectible or six collectible, five collectible achievements uh, that you can't get unless you get them on your first playthrough. So as soon as you like pass right. a level, level select is there, but like it's broken right now. So I've asked, I've asked Square Enix and Idas Montreal if that's, I don't think that's intentional. And I've asked if there's going to be a patch. I haven't heard back yet. Um, but I guess if that's something that you care about, maybe give it a little bit of time. Because I'm, I'm kind of the player, like, I do love my achievements, but I don't want to, like, sit there with a guide playing as I, like, read as reading as I play to get the collectibles as I'm playing the first time. I'd rather go back a second time and, like, mop it up. Because um, I feel like it detracts from the experience, obviously. Um, so, hopefully that's not a thing that is normal. It's good. I like it. It's, it's, it's really fun. It's a single-player thing. Like they said, there's no microtransactions. Like, all the costumes and stuff that you get, you, you earn by finding them in the game. So... Um, it's it's a departure from from uh, the likes of what the Avengers and well just the Avengers really because yeah. that was garbage um, and it's more like a, a Spider Man game from Sony which is like who who doesn't want that everybody wants that so go team um, play it let me know how you go well seeing how you played now I played none at all why don't we leave that one here and we'll come back to it next episode which is rare for us Done. but I'll play it before then you play it before then and uh, next time we'll have something to talk about from the actual game as opposed to the tutorial and what I think it probably is sounds good my friend um, I guess mm. in the same kind of boat you probably played like a very minute amount because it came out today of Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack that's right but the thing is, I played all these games before not on Expansion Pack. Actually, they do have an Expansion Pack, but it's the Nintendo 64 Expansion Pack. That is a joke which will go over your head and over everyone's head who didn't have that little thing that you needed in your front of your 64 to play Majora's Mask. Anyway. Well, you played, uh, so you played Mega Drive games? Did I get it right this time? Yeah. And so I played I, Genesis games, so... <laughs> that's right. 
and there that seems to be that you get what you originally got. So um, actually, that's not true. You can pick for the sixty-four games. Do you want North American or do you want Power Region? Which and means you can play in just English, but proper frame matching. Which or... is NTSC. Hmm. Yeah. Because uh, anyway, we don't need to get bogged down in that. Basically, we got real dodgy games in the N64 era that just skipped a frame instead of changing down to 50 hertz. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, they've solved that by giving you the option. It, as far as I can tell, uses the same upscaler as uh, Mario All-Stars. Um, yeah. Or same emulator. So the game itself is running in 720, but the that's like the 3D textures. And I'm used Mario to compare, but the 2D sprites are like just stretched up. So in Mario, they redid the hardened stuff, so you could actually read how many uh, how many stars you had, what your health is. Like it looked clear. That's not the case on Switch Online. It's, that's all super blurry because I just left it as was. So oh. um, it it's definitely a worse version of Super Mario sixty four, considering they're two on Switch. Um, but yeah, in general, the games do look better. They play better. It does feel, from what I played, like the the ten minutes of each game. Um, it feels weird with a Switch controller because you're used to having like the Z button and then the one, because uh, of the 64 with the three prongs. So you use kind of Z, which is now LZ, uh, and then just the top right bumper. So you're using like one top bumper and one like trigger on oh. each side, if that makes sense. And it, yeah. it's confusing. The other two buttons do- aren't really used. It does make sense, but it doesn't make sense because that doesn't seem good. No, so I've actually, I have ordered a controller. They were back in stock today, and they're sold out again. I think, and I I think that'll make it better to play because I'm made to play with its absolute monstrosity of a controller, um, and I think that's how you have to play these games. So that's my plan. Uh, it seems to run okay. Like the frame rate didn't seem great. Like there did seem to be some level of slowdown, which is disappointing. I don't understand how the Switch couldn't just run these really well, considering it has done with the Mario games already. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think the problem is I don't get the people complaining about the price. Like it's it's thirty bucks more, which is nothing. Like what do you get for thirty bucks? Uh, I think adding in that Animal Crossing DLC is what makes it a, an easy sell. Like that costs more than that. Um, if you're an I Animal Crossing player, which I yeah. guess like who isn't an Animal Crossing player? So. I I don't. I think if you're not if you're even remotely considering purchasing this, you have Animal Crossing. Yeah. So they know what they're doing with that. Yeah, it's. It's low on content, like there are nine 64 games there, really only eight because we already had Mario um, and there's like 13 Mega Drive games or something, which you probably already have as well. I think they're in your collection on Switch for like 10 bucks, so it's not worth that much. I I wish they launched with like 30 games instead of eight because it would have been easier to sell that. Like I, I smashed through them all just to test them. I kind of felt like that's it. Like I get what they're, they're gatekeeping, like all these games are ready to go. Uh, they just want to say, here's one Zelda. In a year's time, they want to say, here's another Zelda. Um, and you know, I kind of get holding some, but they could have had like the first Banjo Kazooie and saved the second one. They could have had Donkey Kong 64 in there. They could have had Smash Bros and Paper Mario, like just some, uh, more variety in there considering you're paying the same, like in two years from now, when there are 12 games instead of eight, uh, it'll be the same cost. Like they've just been historically so slow, but I don't, you know, I don't think it's a value thing. Americans are weird when they're like, they get really caught up over 10 bucks. When something costs sixty bucks versus seventy, and they're just like outrageous, I can never get past that. Should have been fifty, and it's just I never get why they're so caught up over like I've bought a coffee in America. They outrageously expensive, uh, like you know. But was it a good coffee? Did you feel like you, no, you had it? No. I've, well, go. I've never had a good coffee in America, uh, but yeah, yeah. So I I think people were over. I don't really get why they were so annoyed. I think it was just they expected more, or they expected it to be super cheap because. 
you know, Nintendo's online service is rubbish. So, like, oh, we just you, accepted yeah. it. You're not getting Nintendo Switch online for the online component. You're getting it for, like, no. the NES and the SNES and now the, well, I guess if you pay extra, the 64 and the Genesis stuff on top. And I suppose the, the cloud saved, which PlayStation do charge you for that as well. Only Xbox does it for free. Um, well, actually, maybe F- Xbox doesn't even. I can't remember. Uh, so, yeah, look, there, there are stuff. Like, the fact that it has no voice chat, these games have online in them, but I can't figure out how to do it like you need to activate it in the switch online menu and then it's like you need to have your friends online like i couldn't find a way just to play mario 64 with some mario kart 64 with some random people well why so don't you just useless. get them to go to the survivor discord and just use discord because it's probably a hell of a lot easier to use voice than... yes that's what they want you to do uh <laughs> yeah so it's rudimentary but these are good games that they're the best they've officially looked like uh, this is the first time Ocarina of Time has been in anything remotely HD, even though all the 2D sprites are still not HD, yeah. uh, that I can tell. Um, so yeah, that's of course there are the fan-made versions which look way better, but it's it's yeah it's it's an improvement on what we've had in the past. So yeah, I think it's if you, if you're into it, you're into it. You already know you're going to buy it. If you were complaining before it even got announced, you're not into it. Yeah, well, like I don't know, like I I don't play uh, Animal Crossing enough to to care. I, I mm. don't know how they're going to justify the cost if Animal Crossing was a big sell in like yeah. six months. I guess I guess they're just going to have to keep adding like random pieces of other games DLC. Like, well, that's the thing. Does that that could potentially make it great value if they do that? Being Nintendo, I'm not holding my breath. It might be Animal Crossing and nothing ever again. But if they, because I mean, I'm not really a DLC player. Normally, a game comes out, the DLC comes out way later, and I just I've lost interest and I never go back to it. But if they were to say, you know, the Smash Bros. DLC is now part of your online subscription, you'd probably go check it out because it's already there. If yeah. I don't even know what their next big game is, they're not going to release DLC for Metroid or anything. So Pokemon, but that's yeah, that's not that's not a good example. Probably Pokemon Legends will probably get some type of DLC. Um, can't and think of any others. But, you know, it's yeah. that thing of like, do, do, will all these games stay in the library? Or are they just going to rotate out, and you're mm. only going to have like six or eight or something? Like all of those things are really what I would would weigh up to see if it was worth it. But, like, if you're a huge Nintendo yeah. fan, it's probably worth it. Like, like who are we kidding? Like, we're splitting hairs here, so. Yeah. I would, I would hope they're not going to rotate out any first-party games, and there's not a lot of third-party in there anyway, so. Yeah, but, they but there's not a lot it, in there to begin with. They do with NES and SNES, right? They don't stay. Supposedly, but I've never, I don't really play a lot of them, but I've never noticed, like, your Mario, your Zelda's always seem to be in there. I haven't really, maybe some of the more obscure ones, and there are some obscure ones in there. Maybe they go in and out, I'm not sure. There you go. Uh, mm. Hi, Shane and Cav. Sorry, I'm bad at looking at the chat. Uh, anything else that you've played uh, this fortnight, Ben, that you want to talk about before we get into news and newsy uh, type things? Well, I did play one. I played one-fifth of uh, Jackbox 8. So I played only Drawful Animate, which is the third Drawful. Yeah. And uh, there are other new games in there, but basically uh, the only game my friends have any interest in playing is Drawful, and I think they may have played Quiplash a few times too, but that's all they want to play. They know how to play it. It works out. It's exactly the same as the other ones, except you have a second image now, which is the animate part. So it plays one image, then it plays your second image. You make a GIF. And... A GIF? A GIF. What do you say? Uh, well, GIF until that guy schooled us that it's a, it's a GIF, apparently. You give it Christmas. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it, yes. Little quirk that slightly changes it, but I think it was fun enough. The only thing I would like is I would like an option. So basically you draw your first image and then it kind of gives you like a, a silhouette or like a lighter outline of that 
for your second one so that you can remember what you drew on the last screen, but it's not there. So a button to like clone that because sometimes you just want to add to it. Oh, and then like, like an eraser. That's a really good idea, Ben. Oh, well, you can't have an eraser because the whole thing is if once you stuff up, that's how the jokes happen because no. you've ruined it. And you... Well, yeah, but like if you're cloning it, then you can like erase something and like put in like a drawing a dick or something. I don't know. That's you, everyone just draws a dick, right? But I, I, I suppose the idea is that you're meant to just quickly trace over the part that you want again and, and change something else. But yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's better. On this beast of a phone, I thought I had an advantage because I'd have more space to draw, but like no, it just no. it like makes it like the width of a an iPhone, so I was still with my like giant fingers trying to draw a picture and basically like marking up half the screen no just like with one press. Um Did you, We uh, kept having the same gl- we had like seven or six six or so players and one person and it changed who it was each round. Uh, they would start typing something when you have to say what what you think's on screen, and it would just auto delete, and you couldn't get oh, it out. Weird. No, and we didn't have that. Kept there... happening and kept changing which player it was, so I didn't really get what was going on there. There were only three of us playing because we were just kind of getting out of of mm. our lockdown restrictions. So, um, but then like randomly, we started playing um, Jackbox because I I brought uh, th- that thing there. I don't know if you can see it. The the. The, the suitcase the travel like uh, microsoft flight simulator xbox s I, I had a chance to to finally use it now that we could leave the house so we went to uh my f- friend alice's house who you know ben um and her husband simon's in new zealand like stuck there so we looked after the kids for a little bit and she just like didn't have to look after a five-year-old and a three-year-old for like the first time in two months the poor dear um so we got very drunk that night and just played jackbox and we kind of got sick of eight so we started playing f- five and there's a game called madverse city that i'd never played before and it's so good you're like just a wannabe rapper and you're just trying to like rhyme like lines of verse to like make a, a, a slam and rap and it was very very good so any mm, jackbox okay. game is amazing any jackbox game is absolutely worth the price in my opinion they're, they're very cheap but they're very fun there's some really really yeah. bad games but there's like really good games that make up for the the difference of of quality i think yeah, we'll see where they go from here because eight in like eight years is a lot. So, <laughs> but they're good. Just make a whole bunch of yeah. Well, no one here likes you don't know Jack as much as I do. Like as a North American, You're American, love yeah. it, love it. Ugh, so good. Don't get any of the references of the jokes. It's like yeah, if we made a trivia game and there's every joke about like Harvey Norman and Vegemite constantly, like you just don't get it. That would suck. Yes. Um. Also, Gespionage, which I don't know what which one that one's in. Gespionage is mint it's like the it's like 100 or the 100 or whatever there's like a australian game show with like hamish and or andy good anyway and they ripped that off clearly completely um let's get into the news there's a whole bunch of stuff um the first thing i think we should talk about it it happened last night Uh, we're recording this on a tuesday um which the thing i'm talking about is the halo infinite single player campaign reveal i think they called it if not, it shouldn't have been called a reveal yeah. because we saw this a year ago and then it like got canned and the game got delayed because of it essentially and now we're seeing it again. Um, that said, I think it, it was a lot better this time, Ben. So like, what did what did you make from it first of all? Like, what is your top uh, down look? Well, it looks really good. I think the the more open level looked great. It looked really fluid. Um, it pretty much looks like what we thought we we're going to get last year. I don't think it looked especially amazing, like next gen style, and I'm glad they didn't just go for let's make it look like a first party Sony game that looks amazing when we just show you cinematics. Like they were pretty hell bent on let's show you what the actual game looks like, 
as opposed to trying to make it look really good. And so then it naturally looks good because it's it's actual gameplay and it's very brief, mind you. It was like maybe two minutes of actual gameplay. Um, but yeah, it, I like that they kind of revisited the bit they did show last year to show you what it looks like now very quickly. Um, yeah, I think it looks really good. I'm very keen to play it. I was anyway. I was skeptical because they hadn't shown off anything. And they still haven't shown off much, so we'll be going in pretty blind if they don't show us anything more, which is good. I think they've shown just enough to kind of appease us and show us that it is there. It is quality. Um, we had a nice little teaser at the end, which I won't mention if if you haven't seen it, uh, from the the uh, the main character last year that everyone talked about. It's got a new beard. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, at least they kind of they, they went into the joke and and accepted it. Yes, um, I, I think the there was so many weird like hot takes like people were like oh there's Cortana it's like well it, no it's not Cortana we we've seen this character who's like the not Cortana Cortana I'm glad I I I thought they were going away from that if I'm being honest I thought that they were kind of just like scrapping like the the story of Halo Four and Halo Five altogether it seemed like they're kind of just like nah you know what like she's just the new Cortana deal with it but it mm. seems like you're still trying to figure out you know, like what's happening with the rampancy. Um, there was this huge emphasis on, on the grappling hook and really cool things you could do with the grappling hook that like look amazing, but I'm not sure I'm going to be able to pull off any of those things. Like there was the one instance where you were on a, a, a Banshee. Was it a Banshee? Is that the, the little flying one? The covenant one? Banshee. Uh, yeah. Yes. If, if it's not a Banshee, I'm really sorry. Deal with it. Um, and he like, he being the master chief, exited the banshee uh smashed another one with the rail gun weapon which isn't a rail gun but like the speak the, the piercer or the spiker or something and then like grappled to another one that was flying by and then like ejected the pilot out and took that one over like if you can do that honestly if you, if i can do that honestly yes this is going to be like the most like i am a golden god i have all the power kind of moves like i just i hope that these things are able to be pulled off by most players and not just like cool things. Like I don't want to go and watch someone on Twitch play Halo, no offense to, to anybody else, but um, mm -hmm. I just, I just, I, I hope it is, I hope all these things work in the campaign and it's not like a one in a million thing that like you kind of see as a happenstance. Like I hope there's all these chances to do these kind of cool things. Um, I'm not, I'm not worried about halo infinite at all i was i was for a good long while i think the, what they showed last night was exceptional and i'm super excited for it and i wish i could play with you when it came out at launch but i can't that's the only downside but i suppose the other the flip side to it is uh hopefully it's good enough that we play it solo they get the the co-op in there i don't think they have set any time frame but you'd hope within like six months or so um and then we want to play it again because it's so good. So, And that's been the Halo way traditionally. I've normally played it both uh, solo and co-op. So it is disappointing though because it would have been amazing to play early December, lock it in and play a co-op the first time and then, then go back and play solo, which is probably what I'd prefer to do um, if it were possible. But anyhow, still looks good. Yeah. Well, and we have multiplayer, I guess, and it's free. So yeah. Not that like Infinite Campaign is basically free because it's on Game Pass and who in, in this stream doesn't have Game Pass, Ben. We both do. So hurrah. That's um, right, yeah. I, I am excited for it. I'm really excited for it, actually. Um, I like that there are 
bosses with health bars. Like, just, like, it's, there's a whole bunch of little things that just show that it's evolving into, like, a more modern style game. Like, maybe more of a, a destiny. Like, it's a little bit more open world. There's a little bit more, like, freedom to go and just venture off and go to different places and, and check out things and, like, engage a boss. Um, but it still feels very Halo to me. Is, is that is that yeah. accurate? It looked, it came across very, uh, yeah, very Halo. It looked more open. Uh, I wouldn't want them to go to Destiny because I think that's way wrong for Halo. Uh, in that Destiny, uh, the problem I have with it is there's just no purpose to it. And that's not what I want for, for a Halo game. I want that more. There's a there's a fine line between that having that open area that you can explore to a, a somewhat of a degree to find a different way to do something or a different way to approach. But I do want to be making progress. Like I want to be pushing through and and knowing that something's being accomplished because it's meant to be a linear uh, campaign experience from like a mission-based point of view. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, having those those open, more open areas, I should say, um, and you can approach things differently, that's probably a step in the right direction. Yeah, I don't think every enemy should have a health bar or like numbers popping up above their head when you're hitting them. But like, instead of having like a room with four brutes who are just like, you'll mm. get wrecked on something like i'd rather there just be one enemy where you have to think strategically like i like there was a little section there i think it was a brute um where like chief was throwing those explodey like battery things at the dude and like you could see like a little bit of his health bar go down and he would grapple him and hit him and then like try to retreat to get some space so like i'm, I'm more I'm, I'm happy that it still feels like Halo, but it's like a little bit of an evolution of Halo. Like sometimes in Halo, when you if it's on Legendary, it's like you just get hit twice and you're dead. Like just get better. So like somehow headshot that guy faster. Um, and sometimes like it's it's fun and it's great when you can do it eventually. But sometimes you're just like I hate this. Like I'm just stuck in this like one little like checkpoint space and I just I don't know how to get out because I just I like I walk into a room and just get headshot and I'm dead. Like what what do you do? So yeah. Maybe I hope that kind of that feeling goes away a little bit and it feels a little bit more modern in that in that respect. So and it looks like yeah. that's what they're going for, I think. I think three four three the entire time has been stuck between knowing that they're in Bungie's shadow and haven't they haven't had that masterpiece Halo game that they kind of probably expected they would have had by now. Um they've had problems with like the Master Chief collection, which is someone else's work that they didn't deliver as well as they should have initially, but they've to their credit have fixed it. And then I think that was stuck between, do we just copy what's come before us or try to do that again? Do we try to modernize it and how do we do it? Which way do we lean, trying to get that slider, that scale right between those two um, options? Um, and then trying to kind of do their own thing and bring in new stuff, which we haven't seen before, which while still keeping that halo feel, which is pretty much what we just said they seem to have done. Like they seem to have finally got that magic formula, which is admitting that it has to be different. Like you can't release Halo 3 again in in 2021 even if Bungie did it it wouldn't be great so um it just it's that game which is my favorite by a long way just came out at the right time and it nailed everything at the time to do that again in 2021 and it's going to have to be something different so I don't think they have known what that is until this point and it seems like I'm glad they got the extra year they seem to be more on board with what they should do have a better plan certainly they nailed the multiplayer from what we played that was great so um if if they've got the same approach to campaign, I can't see where it's going to go wrong. Well, nice. 
I think we could talk about that for ages, but like we don't have to soon. Mm. Like it's coming out in a month, basically. So uh, how exciting! Finally. And and in between that, you know, you could play Age of Empires, and you can play Forza. In your cereal box. In your cereal box. Apparently, I'm getting some cereal. So when I do, I'll I'll let you know. If you have a CD player, Ben, I'll send you the CD because I I have nothing that can play a CD. Like literally Mm. in my house at this point. I suppose one thing on that, now that you've just mentioned Forza, I suspect that the plan pre-COVID, you know, console launching in late 2020 was going to be Halo there at launch, Forza there at launch. Like these two, like they, the Xbox launch lineup was terrible. Forza at launch as well? I reckon Forza was always meant to be now and Halo, like Halo and Forza were like the two end of year things this year and last year. The only reason I think that is because, uh, Horizon was on such a two-year cycle, and now it's been three years, uh, and we also have motorsport discontinued. I kind of feel like they were planning to have a gap for motorsport so it can reboot. I don't think they intended to get into a situation where there isn't one available to buy, so I think maybe that was meant to come out this year. Yep. Um, and traditionally, they also would announce a Forza Horizon like kind of at E3 to come out in September. Like They would only announce them a few months ahead, which is, gave them plenty of time just to not announce it last year. Uh, and yeah, I just the launch lineup was so bad. I can't imagine they planned to have nothing. And normally you'd have multiple games. And that would have been like they knew they had to do well at launch to try to compete with PlayStation. They they would have had more than just Halo and it all fell apart. As a result of that, they now have an amazing year this year. Like this is probably Xbox's biggest year in I can't even think of the last year that was this big from a, a first party point of view. Yeah. So thought experiment though. If that if mm. if what you're saying hypothetically was true what would have been this year's big thing? Because like, if, yeah. if those two things moved out, and I think I think you made a solid case. I'm just like, what would have filled the gap? Like, would they have I delayed think... Psychonauts? No, that's silly. No, that wouldn't have been... A, I think that launched in the right time. Like, it couldn't be a holiday release. Uh, potentially something we haven't... Like, we saw Avowed and then it disappeared. Um, we... Maybe they were hoping, they would have known that Bethesda thing was going to happen. Maybe they were hoping Starfield was slightly further along. Again, all these things got pushed back. Um, I don't know what, like, the initiative has been around since 2017 or 18 or something, and they only just got announced as, oh, yeah, they're going to make Perfect Dark. Uh, maybe that was expected to be further along. And there, there could be more things like that, which maybe are close, but they didn't need to be ready this year as a result. No, we don't have to know because we, we have this so that's fine. Deal with it. Um, moving from from video games to video games that are instead movies, uh, Sony released its first proper trailer for Uncharted, uh, starring Tom Holland as uh, our mate. I was going to call our our mate Your Nolan mate? North. No, our mate Nathan <laughs> Drake, voiced by Nolan North normally, um, and and Sully, who is uh, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, have you have you checked out the trailer? If not, in your yeah. own stream, you can watch it. You can't, Ben, but I'm sure you've seen it. So, did you watch it? Tell me. Sorry. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think it did have an uncharted tone to it, but it, yeah, it just it looks wrong. Like for one, the like Nathan Drake is Nolan North. Like having that, the wrong, you know, having the little the high pitched young Tom Holland as as Drake. You know, it's that mission in uh, Uncharted Three where you're playing as young Drake, and it's rubbish. Like, it seems like that's going to be the whole movie. And also having Sully, first of all, not gray-haired and not moustached. It just doesn't seem right. Yeah, you know, like, I just, I think there's a whole bunch to, like, to go with on this. And, like, the first thing that I don't really like is that 
Tom Holland, and they they call it out in the trailer, like, you look too young, mate. And he does. He looks mm. too young. And then he, he yeah. sounds not like Nolan North. And Nolan North basically should have been... Like, I know people make this huge thing about Nathan Fillion being um, Nathan Drake, but, like, Nolan North could have been Nathan Drake. Like, he's he's maybe a little too old right now, but he's... he's Yeah, he's, 10 years ago. Have, have you been. seen that guy? He's still, like, built, like, a brick shit whatever or i i said shit and I, I, I you know what i mean i meant to you get what i meant to do um yeah, it doesn't it feels more like mark Wahlberg should be of the two actors should be uh nathan drake like the from an age point of view they just it doesn't seem right but Wahlberg isn't like a sully either in my that's what i'm saying yeah i like, don't think he should be nathan right. drake just from an age point of view he's closer to nathan drake than he is to sully like just seems yeah, it just seems casted wrong, and yeah, Nathan Fillion must be very annoyed because he did that like little promo movie, didn't he, where he kind of yes. shot it himself as a bit of a joke, and that was could have been good. And that said, like it all looks, it looks good. It looks very much like Uncharted. Like Tom Holland mm. might be a little too young and might not sound like I want him to sound, but like he looks, he's got like the white vet, the, the white look. shirt, and like the the gun holsters. He he looks like he looks like Nathan Drake. He looks like he could be Nolan North yeah. on a budget, but like probably costing far more money than, than Nolan North could ever hope to 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 get from Sony. Like, it, it, I'm not trying to poo-poo this movie. I think it's going to be really good. Like the action sequences, like the the recreation of like the airplane thing from was that three? No, two. Three. Two looks really good. So. Like they all, it all looks really good. Like it's going to be really entertaining. It's going to be fine. But I'm just like, oh, I just wish it was like a little bit more. Yeah, eh. it looks wrong, but I think they're gone for people who will see this as an enjoyable action movie who may not even know the game at all or only slightly know it. I don't think they know that people who know Uncharted will watch it anyway, and so that's why they've gone for the the cool young Nathan Drake as opposed to old man Nolan North Nathan Drake. Whereas then, like I know it's not on the run sheet, Ben, but um, they've put out some stuff from The Last of Us TV series, and that looks like pretty accurate to The Last of Us games. Mm. So I'm like, I'm I'm am excited about both of these things. Um, I'm probably more excited about The Last of Us than I am about Uncharted, if I'm being honest. Yeah, it seems like a better it seems like a, a better fit for a movie, but Uncharted will probably be a funner movie to watch. It's not so grim, action packed, etc. Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, moving off that then. Uh, the Xbox expansion cards by Seagate are about to get uh, two new additions to the family. So uh, in addition to the terabyte offering that you can currently get, there's a 512 offering and a two terabyte offering that are coming in December. You can pre-order from November or you can pre-order the 512 now um, in the U.S. via Walmart. Uh, hmm. Australia hasn't given us any details on pricing yet, but um, just by like the pricing on the US alone, it's going to be around like the five hundred and thirty, five hundred and forty dollar mark for the two terabyte card, um, which is expensive. Uh, Sorry, I think it's actually going to be uh, six hundred. I think you need to add GST to that. You're probably right. So, because the US price wouldn't have tax in it. Um, yeah, it just seems outrageously expensive, but we knew that would happen. Like it's the only way for it to happen. I'm I'm happy with the one terabyte one. I needed to get it because it's just not enough space um, by default. I think I can make do with just that one terabyte now that I've had to. At the time, I thought not enough, but now that I've had to do it for a year, 
I still have like another eight terabyte drive hooked up that I move stuff over to that I don't need urgently. Yeah. Um, but the, the two terabytes of usable space I have do get filled pretty quick. I think the 512 is a good idea for people who accidentally bought an Xbox Series S and regret it because <laughs> like you can only fit one and a half games on that. Um, yeah. At least you can kind of now get it up to what you would get in an Xbox Series X, basically getting to a terabyte. Uh, yeah, like, I, I mean, I don't understand the point of that console. I think the price doesn't make sense. The amount of storage doesn't make sense. Having no disk drive doesn't make sense. I know what they're trying to do, but they didn't. the price doesn't match those things for me, not in Australia at least anyway. Yeah, well, like, it's me. I'm probably going to get a two terabyte card. I'm going to take the one out of that Xbox. Oh, console. Mm. I'm going to put it into that thing with maybe another one. And just have like yep. two one terabyte cards in that to take to play Jackbox Party Pack, um, and then just have a two terabyte yeah. drive in there to just not have to worry about shuffling because I'm lazy and I guess it's like, good to have options. And you know the this uh the card does work really well. Like having a proprietary storage is as your only option is not great. Like it killed the Vita basically. Uh, but considering how um, clunky like the the PlayStation alternative is, and it's not really any cheaper as far as I can tell, at least not a great deal for one terabyte. Maybe it would be for two. Uh, and like having two Xboxes, I just put games on the card. It takes like thirty seconds to transfer a ninety gig game. Plug in the other Xbox, take it off. It's plug and play. Like it doesn't get cranky at you, like your PC will or your uh, PlayStation will when you unplug the hard drive. Like it just. That's fine. You plug it back in. That's fine again. Like it, it works really well, uh, but it is so expensive. Like it's going to be so hard to justify to someone. This console costs seven hundred and fifty bucks, and the extra storage is six hundred. Like, yeah, it's insane. Well, and and but like rightfully so. Like we're, we're talking maybe like a terabyte uh, SSD with a heat sink on PlayStation Five. I I don't know the number off the top of my head. Like four hundred, four fifty. So to get a mm. two hundred. A two hundred, a two terabyte, a card on Xbox for like a hundred bucks more ish, roundabout. Like you're doubling the size, so like it's it's expensive, but like it's it's not expensive for what it is, but it's still expensive compared. And also on, in addition yeah. to the console and everything else that you've like dropped for this thing, and you maybe dropped the same amount for a PlayStation. Like it's just it's a lot of cost where. Maybe you yeah. are better off buying a super souped up PC, but oh, you can't because you can't afford, you can't, you Don't probably can't it. afford a GPU, but you just can't get a GPU right now. Like you can't get a PS5 and you can't get an Xbox Series X. Like you just can't buy these things. They don't exist in retail. Like they're just wait lists and wait lists. Sorry, I cut you off. Can't get anything. Uh, well, you're best off really just buying the biggest hard drive you can buy. Um, move your games you're not currently playing on there. Any last gen games which are backwards compatible, you can just play off there. Um, and that would be my advice if you have a Series X. If you have a Series S, I think you're stuffed. Like, it's it's just, I don't get why they released a console less than a terabyte. If that needed to be, for 500 bucks they charged in Australia, that had to have a terabyte in it. Um, you can get a, so, you, you know, you mentioned you can't get a PC, you can't get a PlayStation, you can't get a Series X. You can get a Series S wherever you want. Like, they're obviously not selling, or they're really easy to make. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, but don't I, get it. The weird thing is, like, I think people who have an S would be more likely to buy a disc to put it in to save on storage, but that's the console that doesn't have a disc drive, whereas the X has a disc drive. And I don't know if anybody who has an X would really, really be using the disc. Like, and I know that you don't actually have the game on the disc; it offloads it to the the hard drive and stuff. But like, I don't know. It it seems weird. 
I would have almost swapped it so the disk drive was on the S and not the X, or just put it in both. But whatever. Yeah, I think it either needed to be uh, hundred bucks cheaper, so three ninety nine Australian, not US. Maybe even like lower than that, three fifty. Uh, and as it is, or it needed to, if it's going to launch at that 500, it needed to have a terabyte storage. Yep. So, yeah, I just think it's going those ways. It's like, why would you get it? You're better off spending the 750 on the X when you get the more storage. So it's cheaper than buying the storage card and you get a disk drive and you get 4K output, uh, but you can't buy that. So that's or the only just, problem with that plan. You get Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and just play on your Android. Just who even needs a console? Like everyone, it, you, we're in Australia. That's yeah. why, because we have awful internet. But um, no, it does work pretty well, except for the fact <laughs> that you like break your hand. You know, it's not that comfortable. Exactly, but um, it does work well. Yes. Mm. Have you been following Overwatch, Benjamin Salter? Not at all, Bob. But I'm aware. That's a, you know what you tell the story. I don't really know. I just saw it in headlines. Well, oh, I can't, it's it's been so long. I I'm trying to forget about it. But like the the long and short of it is, there's a, a history of allegations of of sexual harassment and and um, the like at Activision Blizzard. A, a lot of it is actually at Blizzard. And there's this huge thing revolving around uh, BlizzCons, uh, where they had a Cosby mm. suite in the convention uh, area or the hotel, you know, near the adjacent to the convention, if not in the same place. Um, and one of these developers who has since left Activision Blizzard, uh, who was working on Overwatch and, and subsequent Blizzard titles, uh, his name was Jesse McCree, and he is the namesake of McCree, who is a character in Overwatch. He's the cowboy who is vo- voiced by Matt Mercer, who was the voice of Leon S. Kennedy in RE4. God, if I got that wrong, I'm going to be so mortified, Ben, but I think that's right. Um, so, like... He's a fan favorite character, and obviously this this uh, these allegations by the real life developers is, is kind of tarnished this poor Overwatch character's uh, pedigree. So uh, Overwatch came out ages ago and said we're gonna rename him, and we didn't hear a lot about it until earlier this week, I believe, where uh, it was revealed that he is going to be renamed to Cole Cassidy. And not only is he going to be renamed Cole Cassidy, but there's this kind of like in-game reason for for the name change. It's not just like we renamed him and that's his new name. Deal with it. Um, so mm. I guess the the reason behind the name change for the character is that he's like this outlaw, and you know like he he's changed his name at some point to try to you know like ev- evade the law, and he's you know like on the run, but he realizes that he needs to kind of be true to himself, and he's going back to his real name. So it's 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 not an inspirational story in game but it's like a a cool little like meta thing that's happening off the back of a pretty awful thing in real life that that rightfully blizzard is is you know trying to make some sort of amends for so i don't like i sorry i just keep talking you tell me what you think about that i think it's a good thing i don't know if there's much more to say about that than it's a good thing. yeah that's fine don't know any details on this so (laughs) no comment basically sounds like a good idea don't be a dick people in real life just don't be a dick um the last thing i really wanted to talk about is is uh, like i don't know the 50 millionth rumor about a new splinter cell game being in development uh please be true like we've been i think we've talked about it every third episode like surely it's coming ubisoft seems to be actively against doing it so i won't believe it until they actually announce it i mean i saw people rumored being like maybe microsoft has just bought splinter cell because that was a long time ago was very much tied to Xbox. There's no way that's true. That's just hopeful thinking. Uh, it would be a great franchise if they're going to steal one off Ubisoft. Um, yeah, I don't that. know why. 
he must have not sold that well the last couple. Like blacklist was almost a decade ago, so I the thought it was really good. Twenty thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the one that are like e not what was that expo called in uh, the one in Sydney? It was like, like Combush. Oh no. yeah, that is what yeah. it's called. Yeah, that was it. Uh, <laughs> and it was just on repeat all the time, and it looked like a good little level, but it was like it was in the main. The main booth was basically Ubisoft, and they just had Just Dance and Cell um, Blacklist going side by side. And I just thought that was a funny kind of like contrast of two total polar opposites to be like the headline act. Um, yeah, that was ages ago. So I don't know why they're so actively against doing it. They're, I know it goes against their whole, um, we need to have games as a service and everything has to be multiplayer except for Assassin's Creed and whatever they're on at the moment, which they seem to be going back off because there's a lot of backlash to it. And... They've realized, and we, we talked about it last episode, they keep yeah, making games that are for no one. Yeah. yeah, they make they make games that are trying to be for everyone and they end up being for no one. So uh, Splinter Cell has a great potential audience. Please do it. Well, so there's a, a lot of stuff I want to talk about based off what you've just said. And also Shane Shane has said in chat that they should license, they, I guess being Ubisoft, should license uh, the game out, not to Microsoft, but I guess it is to Microsoft. Mm. Damn it. Uh, Arcade Leon, who is Microsoft. Um, there you go to do like a not a Deathloop style game but obviously something kind of like following on from Deathloop which I think would be amazing um which kind of leads me to my point I can't remember I've, I've heard this somewhere and I can't remember who said it but it's like a super accurate statement why would you trust Ubisoft right now to make a good Splinter Cell game and I think the answer is you probably can't because Ubisoft has just made so many really bad mistakes like Frontline like uh hyperscape like trying to do all these games as a service getting rid of first party like i just i don't know if i want a splinter cell game which is just like an open world 50 million points on a map yeah like it's it, I agree. Like it needs to be like super hardcore stealth like doesn't it yeah it needs to be that fairly linear style which is not what they've been doing. So, I mean, their last two hits um, were not that long ago. They're only last year. So, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, great, and Immortals Phoenix Rising, great. But they're both that open-world, absolute bloated map where it's kind of do as much or as little as you want. And um, they've had a lot of examples of that not going well. Those are two examples of it still being good because those are uh, still that single-player, orientated, um, story-driven kind of games that are, are still what they do really well. But yeah, you can't do a Splinter Cell game like that. It needs to be quite focused. Yeah. Uh, you know, it could be like the the older Hitman games are actually quite linear, and then they kind of brought it back as an open level. So like you could have more open space, but it still needs to be driven missions. Like it can't be go to the map on these fifty different places. You need to know where you're going and what you're trying to achieve. So yeah, I'm at the moment. I'm not entirely sure who I would trust at Ubisoft to do it. And like all their studios kind of work collaboratively like anyway, like they don't have, you know, Montreal does a whole game and Quebec does a game and somewhere else does a game. That doesn't seem to be how they work anymore. So potentially it'd be, maybe they should consider farming out some more stuff and getting it done externally. Like, do they have to make, they're such a big publisher. Do yeah. they have to make every game themselves? Like even Nintendo doesn't do all their stuff now. Like they're getting other people in to do it for them. So, and they were the last people I thought would ever do that. So yeah. it's an opportunity. Shane's saying maybe a blue point style remake of the first game, which would be a great mm. step. I think I think it's a good like idea. A reverse Mario and Rabbids would also be just fine. Like go to Arcane and say, like, here's the license. Like go go for it. Don't put in a rabbit, please. That would be awful. Um and if they kind of approach it theoretically, because we don't know much about the the perfect dark game, like Microsoft is yeah. approaching Perfect Dark, like 
yes, we're known for like 50 million icons on a map, like open world things. Like here's like a super narrative, super scripted first first person single player experience, which is just like kind of like plotted from A to Z, just like like a Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy from what I've seen so far. Like one of those. Like we don't everything doesn't have to be this like super giant accessible approach like uh, things do need to be accessible and approachable but you know what i mean like it doesn't have to be like that play this yeah it can be like play this but like it's very very expertly crafted in that little narrow funnel of, of trench of, of what you're meant to play that made yeah, no sense exactly. well okay good it did make sense i'll take it uh anything else you wanted to add about news or things that you've been playing ben nah, that's it all right well then it's time for our favorite segment before we finish up, Ben, this fortnight—I was gonna say month. This yeah, fortnight in delays. Right. There's only three this time. Well, four, I guess technically, because uh, CD Projekt Red has delayed both Cyberpunk 27 and The Witcher 3: Wild Hunt into 2022. Yeah. Uh, current gen versions, of course, because they obviously both exist on 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 last gen consoles I and PC. Can't believe they've found a way to keep us talking about cyberpunk being delayed like <laughs> unbelievable and the fact is i i waited you know i tried to play it at launch and it was dodgy and i thought oh, i'll just wait for the first patch and by the time that came out the second one came out and then i thought you know what second half 2021 i'll just wait for the current gen version and now i'm at the point where i don't know if i'm going to get to play this game like it's just getting pushed back so far i'm too committed now to waiting i can't go back and play that last gen version well, I've got all the I've got a thousand gamer scoring it, Ben. I do like it. It's yeah. it, Cyberpunk's great. The Witcher is better than Cyberpunk. Yeah. Um I don't feel the need to play either again on a current gen device. Yeah, that's why I'm so committed to waiting now. I already waited, so I may as well get the good version and I don't know if I'm ever gonna get that. Apparently next year, but we'll see. Well there you go. Uh, how how are you with uh, Souls like games, Ben? Um no, not really. I mean, from yeah. the mind of George R. R. Martin, Mar- Martin, Martin, the uh, the Lord of the Rings guy. No, God, don't come at me. The uh, Game of Thrones guy. Yeah. No. Well, so Elden Ring is what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, you're not. <laughs> that's been pushed back to like an extremely busy February 25. That's when the Saints Row uh, reboot, whatever that is, remaster. It's not a remaster, a reboot. Yeah. Uh, comes out very busy month. Another one that I've just remembered comes out. Maybe it's the next one on your list is, if I can remember the title, Advance Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp, whatever that game's called. Also delayed until February, I think. Uh, autumn 2022. Autumn. Okay, which, so Yeah, I forgot February. to write it on the thing, but that's one of the ones that... That was the last one that was delayed that I forgot to put on the list. Yeah, but that's that's one of them. There's a ton of games coming out in February and March. Like, I know, like, Horizon Zero dawn 2 yeah that's not what it's called but that's you know what i mean that's everything coming out, that got I think delayed march yeah there's a there, there used to be that february was like sort of getting busy now february is fully busy with a lot of games and i but i also wouldn't be surprised if some of those games shift out now that elden ring and yeah and, you know like horizon 2 are in that period it's like ah but we'll see in june we'll just we'll kick it back a couple months because a previous delayed game in Dying Light 2, which was, remember when that was definitely coming in 2021 and they announced, oh yeah, by definitely we mean December. And then as we got closer, they said, and by definitely we meant February 22. Uh, and so I could see that getting pushed back again. Yeah. I could also see the Saints Row game being pushed back. Like it probably doesn't want to compete with all that stuff. And it didn't look that ready last 
last thing that I saw from it either. So, yeah, I think that'll get it will spread out, it'll smooth itself out across the year. You would hope. One would hope. Um, that's it, that's it. Unless I forgot something, man. No, that's it. Well, it's a solid hour. What are we doing? This is way too long. This is this is unlike us. We're yeah. like a twenty-five minutes out and done kind of show. Damn it! Because there's games actually coming out, and there's more coming out over the next few weeks. Like it gets busy. We're going into November. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah, we, we are. We didn't play House of Ashes. We probably won't play Riders Republic. There's tons of tons of games. So sorry mm. in advance to. Our schedules, they're going to suck. But join us again in a fortnight. We'll talk about more. Uh, ben, how do we find you on the internet? Uh, I am Ben underscore Salter on Twitter. And how do we find you? I am SWriteAU on things. And, of course, we're both on Survivor. Thanks to Shane and Cav. And and uh, I think his name is Jason Mira. Sorry if I've gotten your first name wrong. It's not your, your Twitch handle. Uh, for following and joining and stuff. And we'll see how this goes. Theoretically, Ben... I'm I'm, yep. I'm pulling back the veil. Uh, Luke Laurie oh, no. of of also Survivor fame and the Gap and just being Australian awesome is is going to join us next week so I can click more things and not worry about all the buttons and well, perfect. Except we're not here next week. You mean next fortnight? <laughs> next fortnight. Not, Damn it! You don't pay me enough for a weekly show. Come I was on. Clicking too many mm. doodads and buttons <laughs> to to get it right. Um, enjoy Adelaide, Ben, and I hope That's your right. dog and. And your your girlfriend are doing very well, and and I'm sure they are. Enjoy life. That was the worst sign off ever. Yeah, whatever. this is no good. You, yeah, this is the problem with live. You can't cut us off like two minutes ago, which is the usual plan. I can in anyway. the recording. See you later. Yeah. <laughs>